Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. All right, so let's look at Joseph. And number one, friends, is that Joseph keeps responding to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to call them the nudges. There's something that that happened in, in Genesis chapter 37 a couple times. When Joseph is sold into Potiphar's house, and he's a big shot in Pharaoh's uh, network, and Potiphar is this rich guy, and so he's got slaves, it would appear. And God's favor was on Joseph. And so very quickly, Joseph is managing the house, all the finances, all the staff. Joseph is number two in the house, and there's favor. The story goes on that Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him, accuses him of sexual abuse, accuses him of uh, trying to rape her, and uh, Potiphar has no choice. He believes his wife. He's put in jail. Joseph's in jail. And very quickly, in jail, Joseph finds favor with the the jailer, the, the head warden, and now he's put in charge of the jail. And friends, that little phrase, favor, appears a couple times. In these 13 years of lockdown, favor is with Joseph. He's not going bitter, friends. When you and I turn on God and blame God, when we turn on others and blame others, that's called bitterness. We're going to get into that a little bit more. But Joseph is keeping his heart uh, really fine-tuned with the Holy Spirit. And favor, friends, is one of the five functions of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you remember when Jesus preached his very first sermon in his hometown of Nazareth, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And he went through the the five different things. And the fifth one was favor. Five functions of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is staying really tight with the Holy Spirit, friends. The spirit of God is with him. He still has favor in his life. And the moment that he's brought before Pharaoh, favor's still there. In a day, friends, he goes from a convicted sex abuser. Can you imagine that, friends? On his criminal record, charged with trying to rape a lady, a famous lady, a rich lady. He's in jail for that. And the next, within 24 hours, he's second in charge of Egypt. How does that happen? It's called favor. It comes with keeping your heart full of the Holy Spirit of pushing into the spirit of God. And here's Joseph. This is how he's living, friends. I've had a couple, uh, let me just sort of read this passage, Genesis 39. While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Friends, over the years, we've had people in our church family who have been jailers, wardens in jails. And the very first small group that Sandra and I had, we had a gentleman in our church, and he was part of the, the, the jail in, um, in Milton. And uh, I was asking him one day, he used to be at the one just around the corner from us, which has now been demolished. Um, um, West Toronto Detention Center is now dust. Uh, they've moved uh, to upgraded facilities. Uh, and he used to be in there. And I was talking to him one day, and I said, who are the worst people in jail? Who are the ones you got to watch out for? Who are the ones that give you the most flack? Uh, Who are the hardest ones to deal with? And he said, easy. 
It's the newcomers. And I said, what do you mean the newcomers? He goes, well, the people who have just been convicted and have now been placed in jail, they, when they enter jail, are trying to convince everybody, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I was framed. Uh, someone else did it. They wrongfully accused me. And even if they're found guilty, 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 he said they all show up and it wasn't them. Someone else is to blame. And he was basically saying, until they get to that place where they take ownership of their crime, they're going to be mean and nasty. And friends, within months, weeks of Joseph getting to Potiphar's house, being sold as a slave by his very brothers, favors on him. Within weeks and months of him getting into jail, he's not like everyone else who's blaming. He is allowing the Spirit of God to stay with him and to help him. And he's not like the others. And friends, I've been to it. I've been to jails a few times in Ontario, visiting people, sadly, some people from our church that, or who became part of our church after being incarcerated. Uh, but the worst jail, friends, that I ever went to was in Juarez, Mexico, right across from El Paso. And I think it was 1995, John and Carol Arnett, our founding pastors, took almost all of our pastoral team down to a pastor's conference in Juarez, Mexico, a large, large church. There was probably 1,500 pastors and leaders from all over Mexico that came for this week-long pastor's conference. And so here we are. We're part of the prayer team. We're there to minister with John and Carol. We had a, a great, great week. It was my first time in Mexico. And all the Mexican friends from our church keep, uh, kept telling me, Steve, that's not Mexico. That's the bad Mexico. That's the cartel Mexico. That's just where violence is. It's, it's just not a good place. And uh, that's what it was. John arranged for everyone on our team to have two outreaches during that week in the mornings. And we had our choice between three opportunities, all working with a, a born-again charismatic Catholic priest whose nickname was Father Teresa. And this guy was famous for miracles. There's video. If you look up Father Teresa, uh, You'll just see some of the things. I know there was food multiplying in garbage dumps. And that was one of the places we could go. He has a ministry in the garbage dumps with the poorest of the poor. Uh, Sandra and I chose not to do that. We chose the other two. And one was to go to a mental health hospital, which really was, um, I would say, no care really from what we could see taking place. It's just people who are highly medicated or just left to be demonized and all the different things. Terrible atrocities were taking place. It was clear that this is a place you do not want to be. And then the other place that we went to was, was a jail. And the jail that we went to was a 72-hour holding jail. So you get in a fight on the street, you're drunk, you get caught uh, stealing something, you're thrown into jail, no judge, no jury, 72 hours, and you get out. By the way, you're fasting for those 72 hours. No food or water is going to be given to you. Tough luck. You're in jail. And friends, it is not a nice Ontario jail where you're two people in a cell or one person in a cell. This was a room that was maybe, I'm going to say, 10 meters by 10 meters, 30 feet by 30 feet. No beds. It is a concrete um, uh, bench all around. Uh, in one corner is a toilet that hadn't been working for years. It's just the most smelly, terrible thing. And before we come into this, this particular uh, cell, because there was many of them, 
you could hear the violence that's taking place in the men's cell that we're gonna go to. Men are screaming, they're being physically raped, they're being beaten. It's just a terrible environment. And I'm way over my head, it's like, oh my goodness. And here we have one uh, jailer with a machine gun and he knocks on the door, uh, yells in in Spanish and says, people from Father Teresa are here. And the place went silent. He opens the door and he lets Ian Ross, who's part of Catch Far Scarborough, and myself, Ian used to be the small group pastor here in Toronto, and Ian and I go in, and I have never smelt anything like this. I have never seen anything like this. It was terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Good news was the Holy Spirit came. People gave their lives to Jesus. People got healed. We did deliverance. It was amazing, and I was glad to get out of there too. Friends, that was an upgrade on the jail that Joseph was in. That was an upgrade on what Joseph was in 2,500, 3,000 years ago. And friends, Joseph kept, kept sweet, if I can use that, that expression with the Holy Spirit. Number two thing is he kept really good relationship with God in terms of being able to hear God. So we're just gonna go over this one real quick, friends. But Joseph continues to be able to interpret dreams for people. And as it, it would appear that his history in jail is that he's helping other jailers, other people in jail with their dreams. And at one point, two of Pharaoh's staff are put into jail and Joseph tells their dreams. And you remember, uh, he says to one guy, you're gonna be restored and to another guy, sorry, but you're gonna die. Both of that happens to the guy who's gonna live. He says, please remember me. And the guy forgets about Joseph for two more years until Pharaoh has his dream. How do you interpret dreams? How do you hear from God, friends? You have to be connected to God. You have to be a pursuer of God. You have to be pushing into God, having times to say, God, I'm here, talk to me. It was like me this week when I couldn't fall asleep at night. Um, sadly, it was the end of, you know, probably an hour of uh, trying to fall asleep. And it was just said, okay, God, is there anything you want to talk to me about? And God begins to say, well, I'd like you to shift your talk from Mary to Joseph. And so it did that. And friends, I want to encourage you that in lockdown, this is a perfect time for you. You don't have all the clutter that you used to have. Many of you used to have an hour commute to work every morning and every afternoon. And you don't have that now. And so we can take time, friends, and be listening to God and to be asking, what is he wanting to say? What is he wanting to do? And friends, I want to encourage you, push in to watching uh, our meetings, watching other churches, uh, putting worship music on, connect with God and don't disconnect. God's never going to disconnect from you, friends. It's us that disconnect from him. And so if you want to be led by the spirit, friends, we got to be pushing in and making ourselves available for God. All right, let's keep moving. Number three, and this is the biggie. This is the biggie. Keep your heart right with other people, and that means forgiving. The Bible says that when we do not forgive and we make a choice not to forgive, what happens is we go from unforgiveness to bitterness. And bitterness is very toxic. Choice to not forgive. And bitter people are terrible people to be around. They contaminate you. That's what the book of Hebrews says. We can be contaminated by other people when there's bitterness that's taking place. And friends, if there's anyone that needs to 
learn how to forgive people, it's Joseph. Here's a list. He needs to forgive his parents for not believing his dreams. He needs to forgive his brothers for selling him as slaves. In fact, they wanted to kill him. And it was one of the brothers that came up with this other idea. Well, let's make some money out of this. And so they sold him. And then he needs to forgive Potiphar, who bought him for not believing him, but believing his wife when his wife's accusing him of sexual abuse. He needs to forgive Potiphar's wife. He needs to forgive the cupbearer from when he gives him this good dream that you're going to be restored tomorrow. Uh, Don't forget me. And he forgets him for two whole years. Friends, Joseph had a long, long list of people that he had to forgive during his 13 years in lockdown. And friends, are you ready for the big one? He had forgiven everybody, especially his brothers, before he met with Pharaoh. He was not a better man when he's meeting Pharaoh. He is a guy who is flowing in the anointing. Favor is on his life. The anointing to hear from God for other people and to be able to interpret dreams is still with him. Friends, if he was bitter, if he was angry, if he hadn't forgiven people, those things aren't going to be happening. And so in lockdown, Joseph forgave his brothers. And there's this incredible verse that when he finally reveals himself to his brothers, which is in chapter 45, it says this, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? Look at this. But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. What are the brothers expecting? What's the brothers expecting? Death. We sold him. We were going to kill him. And now he gets payback. Our lives are over. We're going to be tortured And they're terrified. They cannot speak. They're terrified, the Bible says. Can't give a defense. They're so afraid for their lives. But that's not who Joseph was. That's what they expected. Their instant when Joseph revealed himself, it's like, oh my goodness, he's going to kill us. That was their first thought. They weren't thinking, oh, he's forgiven us. No, they have no clue. No clue what's been going on in Joseph's life. Haven't seen him for 17 years, sorry, 13 years. Haven't seen him for 13 years. And then Joseph says this in verse eight. So then, it was not you who sent me here to jail, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord to his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Oh, friends, this is so good. This is so good. This is telling me that during the toughest times, during lockdown from COVID-19, Steve Long can get better instead of getting better. Steve Long has lots of time to go through my list and forgive people. Steve Long has lots of time to be saying, God, talk to me. Help me to be led by your spirit. Steve Long has lots of time to be saying, I need favor. My life's still happening. I'm still a husband. I'm still a dad. My case, I'm still a grandpa. I'm still leading Catch the Fire Toronto along with my wife and a wonderful team. I'm still involved in helping in the political atmosphere. Friends, uh, even this past week 
had connections with political leaders, helping pastor them. Next week, friends, I'm hoping to have two of the people in our church, a young adult and a guy in his 40s that have both decided to enter into politics. And you know that that's one of the things we encourage people to do regardless of your party. And so I'm not going to tell you, but one of them is going to be running for the liberals and one's going to be running for the conservatives. I'm not going to tell you which is which. Can't do that. But uh, I love that people are pushing into God, listening to him, doing what he says, believing what God's saying, friends. And that's who we are right now. That's who we are. So friends, we're going to start a ministry time. And here's my first question for you right here. How should we live? I want you to expect favor, friends. One of the goals that Sandra and I have, one of the prayers that Sandra and I and our whole team have is we want our church to walk in audacious, audacious favor with God and man. It's one of the things that we feel is unique about Catch the Fire Toronto. Lots of churches have favor, uncommon favor. We want to be known as a church and by I say church, I'm not talking the building, I'm talking about the people that live in incredible, audacious faith. Sorry, not faith, favor. God opens doors for us more often than not. And people who are in our city, they'll look at us and go, there's something special about you. I'm gonna open that door for you. And friends, I experienced that this week talking to some of the politicians, trying to get some more exemptions for our church, trying to get clarification on a couple different things. And people answer my phone. People in other political offices work for me, work for our church. And it's because of favor. And so I'd like you to just stand with me, church family. If you're not part of Catch Fire Toronto, you're watching from around the world, you don't have to participate in this part. You can, but this is especially for those of you that are Catch Fire Toronto people. I'd like you just to stand and put your hands out. And I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to just come on us like never before. Oh, Father God. If favor's up for grabs, if favor is available, as part of the anointing, as part of the blessing of the Spirit of God living in us and on us, can we have more of that? Favor. Audacious favor. Beyond the normal favor that many followers of Jesus have. Father, we want to be at the top of that list, not because we're better, but we're just calling out and saying, if it's available, we want it. We want it. We want it. We want it for ourselves. We want it for our family. We want it for our friends. We want it for our street. Doors would open. Doors would open. Friends, a unique thing has happened in our little cul-de-sac where we live in Oakville. There's a total of 12 houses. And in the last uh, three weeks, uh, two of those houses have had new occupants. And between Sandra and I and our son John and his wife Melissa, who we share a house with, we've met those people on day one 
of them moving into our little cul-de-sac. Began to make connections with them. Began to speak blessings over them. Another family moved in about three months ago. And uh, what we do, Sandra and I, we find out their names. We put them in our, uh, I write them down in my, um, in my, my cell phone. So when I come out, that, come out of the house and we're going to go for a walk and I see them, I remind myself who, the, who they are. And friends, we're starting to, to see that God cares for our neighbors through us. And we have one particular neighbor that's the five years that we've lived in this cul-de-sac. They've been there all five years. Uh, two, away, two houses away from us. And uh, their dog's dying. A little dog named Pebbles that comes into our backyard often. Likes our backyard. Likes playing with our grandkids. And Pebbles is dying. And every time we see that couple, we finish by saying, we're praying for you, dog. And it, friends, it just opens up doors. All the other parts of the conversation, they're, they're, you know, they're congenial. We're just being good neighbors. We're chatting, we're talking. But as soon as we say, we're praying for your dog, it changes. And you can feel the love of God begins to reach out to them. And they say things like, oh, thank you so much. Our dog's doing so much better. And friends, that's what we're talking about. It's just practical, loving your neighbors, and because of God's favor in your life, you're able to be used with your family and your friends. Your prayers get answered. Your prayers get answered. Number two things, friends. We want to expect God to speak to every single person who's a part of Catch the Fart Toronto. It's one of our core values is that God talks to us, not just Stephen Sander, who are the leaders, not just our, our leadership team, not just our, our prayer ministry team, not just our prophets. <laughs> and we got lots of people that can hear from God. Friends, it's everybody who's a part of Catch the Fire Toronto. And friends, more important than hearing from God, we want to position ourselves where God sees us, not just how we see ourselves as people who hear from God, but we want to be seen by God as passionate pursuers of him. It's one of our big goals, friends. Who cares what the politicians think about Catch the Fire Toronto? We do care, but it's far more important what God cares, how God sees us. So it's far more important that God cares. How does God see us? And friends, our goal is that God would see us as people who push into him, push into him, pursue him, is that who you are? As you're standing, how about you close your eyes with me? Oh God, please help us. Help me, Father. Help me to care more about you. Daddy, if I'm honest, and I'm trying to be right now, I care about me a lot. Care about my family, care about my wife, care about my kids, my grandkids care about our church. But I need to care more about what you think. I need to care about your thoughts for how you see me. And friends, if you're like me, Steve Long can be very good at acting and pretending. Never once took an acting class in school, but somehow I know that. I can pretend to be something that I'm not. 
And God just sees right into my heart. He sees right into your heart. I want you to say, God, help me this week to pursue you a little bit better this week, more intentionally this week. Holy Spirit, come. And last one, friends. We want to be a church that's known for forgiving. Wouldn't that be amazing if the city of Toronto said, you want to learn about forgiving? Join Catch the Fire. <laughs> that would be an incredible testimony. And friends, it's the message of John and Carol. Those of you that are newer to our church, John and Carol, who are founding pastors, they now live in Stratford, Ontario. John just turned 80 on Christmas Day. We celebrated that last month. Every year, friends, every year, and this church is in year 31. In May, it'll be 31 years, 31 or 32. Every year, John Arnett would stand up when he was the senior leader, and he would say this, friends, it's that Sunday again, and the church would go, oh. <laughs> and every year, he'd preach the same sermon, slight variances, a few stories different, but it was a, you need to learn to forgive. John and Carol have written many books, but they have one that's in the millions, literally in the millions of copies that are out there. And it's called The Importance of Forgiveness. And that's been John and Carol's life message, is that the favor of God, the blessing of God, comes when we forgive. When we forgive, we can get better. When we don't forgive, we get bitter. And it's my choice. It's always my choice if I'm going to forgive or not. God's always wanting me to do that. But there's a hesitancy that comes to me. And friends, you've heard me tell some stories about this, but there's been days I've been so angry with people. And I know that the Bible says in Ephesians that you need to forgive before you fall asleep because if you don't, you've welcomed demons. That's what the Bible says. You've given a stronghold. You've given part of your life to Satan. You've given him a foothold in your life by not forgiving and you have until you fall asleep to do that. Every day we have until we fall asleep. And there's been many days when I don't want to forgive during the day because I still want to be angry. I still want to plot, plot people's demise. How can I get back? How can I be mean-spirited to them because they hurt me? And friends, everyone's been hurt. You've been hurt. I've been hurt. Do you have a list of people that you're angry with? Even bitter towards? Well, guess what, friends? It's time to go through that list. I already put up on the list, on the overheads, uh, all the people that Joseph had to forgive, his parents, his brothers, his employer, the slave owner, the jailer, cupbearer. He had a big list. At the top of the list was family sold him as a 17-year-old to Midianites to be a slave. Didn't care about him. Imagine a 17-year-old and he never got bitter. He got better. So who's on your list, friends? Just close your eyes. 
Who's that face that you can see? What's that person's name that you're feeling? And friends, the way that I do it is I remind God that I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm in pain. And I remind God what they did. They did this, they said this. I know they were thinking this, they were plotting this. And I tell God what I feel is my rightful accusation. And then I need to get to the place to say, God, I forgive them. I forgive them. I turn them over to you. And God, would you be the judge and the jury for that person? I'm incapable of not having a bias. I've been hurt by them. And so my thoughts are not going to be good thoughts. But your thoughts are higher. Your thoughts are greater. And so, Father, I give this person to you that's hurt me, hurt me bad, I give them to you. You look after them. You judge them. You release them. It's out of my hands. It's over to you. And friends, the shocking thing is that Joseph let go of all of that pain from his brothers. By the time he was out of jail, there's no bitterness. And when he sees his brothers... His plan right away is a good plan to bless his family. He acknowledges to them, God was in this. That's an incredible response, friends. And friends, you're going to have those kind of stories as well. When you and I forgive, God gives us stories. Incredible stories. God uses you to be a Joseph for other people. And God's reward for Joseph for forgiving, God's reward to Joseph for staying connected to God, pushing into him, staying in a relationship with the Spirit of God, was that in one day, he went from a jail to the palace. In one day, he went from a nobody to being a somebody. Friends, I don't know the projection, the propelling that God is able to do for you but it's going to be good, friends. There's always blessings that come when we do God things. And so, Father, for us as a church, help us in these three, three things, even today. Help us to push in. Help us to ask for favor. And Father, teach us to forgive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.